0: I'm Lucas Mack, and welcome to another episode of The Golden Rule Revolution, where inspiration and purpose come from treating people like people and nothing less. Well, Happy New Year. 2019 is here, and today I'm excited to bring you an episode of my favorite clip from 2018 compiled into one episode for you to get revved up and ready to go. Here's Evan Thompson, the host of The Dialogues. RealPolitik, and Hardcore Philosophy, who was my first guest ever to appear on this podcast. Evan, I really appreciate you joining the Golden Rule Revolution today. How are you? I'm
1: great, and I really appreciate the invitation.
0: So from your perspective, Evan, what, what is most needed right now in our social discourse, specifically in, in the United States? An
1: honest effort at balance and 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 not a, and and I mean that I mean emphasis on honest so I think there's a lot of false narratives around seeking some type of balance or dialogue right it's almost um it's it's almost cheesy right we need to reach across the aisle it's and 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 that's part of the problem you know it's because these phrases have been so overused so dr- just drugged through the mud in a way um, where no real feeling of change has occurred.
0: Next up is a dear friend, Lauren Salon Ward, who's a fitness expert, social media influencer, and entrepreneur.
2: Hi.
0: Hello. Thank Hi. you for joining today.
2: Thank you. I'm so, so excited to be here. I love you. I think everything you're doing is absolutely amazing. So I am thrilled to be chatting with you today.
0: For those out there uh, listening who are struggling with their their body image right now, struggling yeah. with their their self love, struggling with maybe life in general, and it all stems from that self love, that positive self view. Uh, what advice do you have for them? Mm.
2: With that, I would say that you know wherever you're at right now is exactly where you are supposed to be. Mm for what you need for yourself, your life, you know, for whatever you are working on. And I would say, I mean, I'm all about action and, um, you know, it's great to think about stuff, but let's get into action. And so if people are struggling with that, with self-love, self-worth, body image, you name it, getting some affirmations and like daily mantras down. So I am such a huge fan of having a morning, routine or morning ritual. And for me, that some days it, it looks a certain way, some days it looks another day. But with the main focus to be to start your day with activities focused on grounding you for your day with mm-hmm. yourself and what your intention is for the day. And so having affirmations that you do and if if it's about body image you know, making sure that you've got some affirmations in there that speak to a supportive body image, you know, like, and, and saying things like, I love my body inside and out. And it does like amazing things for me. And my body is healthy and beautiful. And whatever that is, that's going to support whatever you're working on. So having affirmations, doing some visualization, goal visualization, whether that's personal, professional fitness, you name it. So visualizing yourself as if you've already accomplished the things that you are working on because it gets your brain starting to you know your brain and the subconscious will start to do the work to get there even faster and you start to embody the attitude and the traits and the habits of somebody who has achieved those things um and then so that's yeah so what i say Affirmations, visualization, and then gratitudes. Mm -hmm. So when we're operating from a place of scarcity or lack or negativity, the fastest way to switch yourself and get yourself out of that state is... Through gratitude and focusing outward. And while, yes, you can have gratitudes that are fo- about you, that's still, you know, putting that energy, that positive energy out. So I like to write down a couple of gratitudes every morning. And you guys, like, these can be so basic. I'm like, I had a great night's sleep. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> my leg is not as sore today as it was yesterday. Like, that's it true. can be super, super basic and straightforward. But, Going from a place of gratitude is going to shift your brain into a positive and growth state.
0: Next up is Brandon Burrow, a relationship expert who talks about the importance of first being in relationship with yourself before you can be in relationship with others. I talk a lot about relationships that in order to create a relationship, you have to have three ingredients. You have to know someone, you have to like someone, and you have to trust someone. We all know the people that we know and we don't we don't necessarily like and we all know the people that we know and like, but we don't necessarily trust. And without that last key ingredient, trust, no relationship is ever formed. And what you're saying is it it what it sounds like to me is it starts with us before it ever goes to the other person. Is that is that what I'm hearing from you? Absolutely. If you ever
1: aspire to be connected with anyone in this world, you first get to be connected to yourself, and you know it, what that looks like is, is constant check-ins. It takes it, it takes work. Um, it's easy to fall out of presence in any given moment with all the things happening in the world, but that's where the importance of vision come in, comes into play. You know, you get to do the work in order to, very, to roll out of bed every morning and know that you're working towards what you're passionate about and, and the difference that you want to make in the world. And if you're grounded in your vision, it's, it, that's where the connection starts with yourself.
0: And let's talk about vision because vision is, is crucial to the health of any person's emotional state. Where or how can people develop their vision?
1: Man, well, it really, it really, it starts, it starts with checking in. I mean, you know, what would you do if you, if time or money weren't an issue, like what would you do to make a living for yourself? If time or money weren't an issue, if you could wave a magic wand, um, where, where would you be? Where do you see yourself? And if you can live in that, you can create, if you can see that and imagine that you can create that. It really is reverse engineering. And taking the action steps, one foot in front of the other, in order to create it. And it's up to you. And and that's where you get to truly take responsibility for your life. You know, you can create. That's one of the beautiful things is being a human being. You can be anything you want in any different moment. It's just up to you to choose it and take committed action.
0: Such great advice from Brandon and now we get to hear from one of my dear, dear sisters, Julia Glanz, who is a fitness expert and someone you should follow on Instagram if you're not already. If people were to start somewhere, to do anything, to just maybe they've been feeling stuck like you said you were um, experiencing pain when you are driving on the 405 and you stumbled across that podcast. If someone is in a similar circumstance right now, What would you like to tell them?
3: Oh, put me on the spot here. (laughs) I love that (laughs) question. Um, I see you. You're Hmm. not alone. You have so many people standing with you and find one thing that makes you happy today and do it. Hmm. And, drink water and get eight hours of sleep and eat your
0: veggies, <laughs> <laughs> eat your veggies not veggie chips <laughs> veggies.
3: Oh, veggies. Uh, and I also wanted to add on to that um, when you're in a space like that always shift to how can I impact someone's day-to-day what can I do to help support or serve and be of service to someone to make someone else's day because when you make someone else's day, you can't be in that space. When you're in a space of gratitude, you can't be down. You can't be angry. So when you're giving and supporting, making someone else smile, it's a really good way to shift out of that space.
0: Next up is entrepreneur powerhouse Candace Sogren, who drops some truth bombs. For people listening, if you were going to leave them with one golden nugget of how they can apply the golden rule in their life, what would that be?
4: Hmm. I think the one piece of advice that I, I give to myself often is love yourself first. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, it's important to remember that, that you cannot pour love out on others if you're not able to pour it on yourself. And so, um, when, when you're feeling stressed or tired, find a way to give yourself love first, talk to yourself as if you're a very dear friend, um, and be kind to yourself first. And that will, that will pour out into the other aspects of your life.
0: Next up, we have my friends, Larry and Ann Yatch. Larry was a 10-year Navy SEAL, and he talks about when he first knew he wanted to join the SEALs. Hey, guys. Thank you for joining me today.
5: Oh, it's our pleasure to be here. I, I have to say I've done many, many podcasts, and your uh, news background comes out with that that voice and that introduction. <laughs> actually makes me a little nervous, which is crazy with all the speaking that I normally do. So I just get so excited to be around you, especially when you're in your news mode. Oh my God, that's awesome. <laughs>
0: uh, I just got the chills. Everyone listening, uh, a 10-year Navy SEAL just told me that he got nervous from listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, it's so good to have you on uh, the Golden Rule Revolution. So, tell let's let's talk. I mean, we we are going to get into quite a bit. Your new company, your story, both as entrepreneurs, but also your individual stories. And let's start with you, Larry. Tell tell us how did you become a Navy SEAL? How have you gotten to where you are today?
5: It's. Uh... A long story, uh, but the the highlights, uh, I always like to say, uh, started with a great American, uh, Tom Cruise, back in uh, when (laughs) I was in third grade. So I went to the movies in third grade with my parents, my sister, and my aunt and uncle. I still remember it as if it was yesterday, and that movie was Top Gun. And about 20 minutes into the movie, I had already decided that I needed to be a fighter pilot. That's what I was going to do. And I remember I could show you the part of the sidewalk we were walking on in Oakmont, Pennsylvania, right outside of Pittsburgh, when I told my parents I was going to be a fighter pilot. And soon thereafter, I saw the right stuff, which was all about the first astronauts and test pilots. And all of the coolest characters there had gone to the Naval Academy and were all amazing. Pilot. So by the time I was just halfway through third grade, I was a hundred percent sent or a hundred percent set on going to the Naval Academy and being a fighter pilot, and that was the start of it for me. And from that point on, I started working towards that goal of getting into the Naval Academy and then being a fighter pilot. And then in seventh grade, uh, another great American changed my life—Charlie uh, Sheen. This time. Uh, Obviously, we can see that I am uh, quite able to be molded by popular culture, Uh, that he had a movie called Navy Seals, and uh, we were too young to see it in seventh grade. But one of my friends got me a sweatshirt from that movie that had the Navy Seal logo on it. And back in the late 80s, no one knew what a Navy Seal was, unlike today, where, where it's very... Common and so I went to the library and found a book called the men with green faces and it was a vietnam-era seal book and by the end of the book I was hundred percent convinced that Fighter pilots were pansies and that I was <laughs> put on this planet to be a Navy seal There was only one very big uh, small problem. So I was a really small kid uh, I was five foot two and 107 pounds in high school which, for those listening to the podcast, doesn't mean anything unless you saw me now at two hundred over two hundred pounds uh, and six foot three. So I look like a Navy SEAL now, but in high school I would have definitely been voted least likely to be a Navy SEAL uh, in high school. Uh, I was a big dork, or actually a small dork. Uh, I did <laughs> any activity that they would let me do because I knew my grades were good, but not good enough to get in a Naval Academy. So. I was in the marching band, but I didn't know how to read music, so I played the cymbals. Uh, I was on the swim team, but I swam too slow, so they made me the the sacrificial diver. What I mean by that is the other team could only put three divers up, and if our team put up someone, we, we got fourth place, which is worth a point. So. Without a diving coach, without a diving board, th- my job was to go jump off the diving board three times, <laughs> try not to kill myself to get that one point. Uh, so you can imagine, a hundred and seven pound little weakling in a speedo, uh, looking like a fool jumping off of the diving board. I did not have a lot of dates in high school. And actually, it was quite the opposite. You know what truly drove me to be a seal was uh, a very long history of being bullied, uh, both mm-hmm. through, uh, middle school and high school. And the concept of someone that has power using it to hurt someone that doesn't was something that I suffered through most of my life mm-hmm. and was just disgusting to me. And ultimately that's what seals do. We, we hunt the worst bullies in the world, uh, people that have power and use it to hurt those that don't. Mm-hmm and so learning how to not only be strong to defend myself and then more importantly defend others was a very very important part of my life and i got to live that dream of actually going out and making a, a permanent positive impact on the world by hunting some of the worst people in the world
0: i want to give my sincere thanks to larry for his service to our country and everyone who serves our country to keep us safe. Thank you. We cannot do what we do on a daily basis if it wasn't for what you do on a daily basis. So thank you. Next up we have James Poirier who in this episode with him we got vulnerable, we got open and it was beautiful. Here we are. We're we're two guys we're talking on <laughs> this podcast and I think, you know, one thing that I recognize in you and and I I'm curious your thoughts on this, but I know for me, a lot of people um, reference my smile quite a bit. And one thing that I recognize in you on your photos and when we first met is your smile. And my, my thought is regarding the smile because many, for many years I smiled through the, you know, as a mask Mm -hmm. and it was that, (laughs) learning to perfect, you know, like, Hey, it's all good. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, but truly it's also sourced from a very real place is that is, that's, that's the expression. <laughs> I believe our smiles are the expressions of our souls. And um do you, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Cause you, you smile and we both have developed the smile that, that connects as well as it's connected to something uh-huh. real.
6: Uh, I love that. And thank you. Yeah. I want to acknowledge you for your smile because it is very, I'm actually smiling from you to you right now as we speak. Um, (laughs) It's very just picturing your, your smile. Lucas is so infectious, so contagious. And yeah, it's interesting. I love that insight. I've never really looked into it from that, from that perspective, but I would say yes. um, You know, deep down, deep down underneath, all that, that pain and is really just a desire to be loved um, and a need to be loved. And I believe that's in every single man, woman, and child. And, you know, I'll I'll just be vulnerably and transparent with you guys. I'm spiritual and a big part of why I'm here today, I believe is because is by the grace of God. Hmm. And when I smile, I think it i've I feel as if it's channeling divine energy and source, and it's really just connecting with with God hmm. really at a fundamental level and I think, I think that's what everybody is seeking in one form or another, so that smile, as you said, is the full expression of that and yes, I can totally relate for so long. I became a master chameleon, you know I became hmm. I became so good at reading other people and being who you wanted me to be or who I thought you wanted to be in any given situation. And I, that was, you know, like you described, I was such a master facade and now coming, being able to smile from pure authenticity because I genuinely am happy in yourself like that's, that's priceless.
0: If you haven't heard that episode yet, I highly recommend going back And listening to the episode with James Poirier, it was really beautiful. Next up, we have who I call the Velvet Soul, Katie Lynn. She is a coach, a therapist, and someone who has spoken so much truth and life into my own life that it's radically transformed me. And I love her dearly. Here's Katie Lynn. I don't know how many 20,20 episodes or Dateline NBC episodes or whatever what a uh, like a cable show where it looked like the perfect family. They look like they had it all together. Mm-hmm. The outside appearance looks so good, but we know that over and over again, the truth is, what we see on the outside is rarely is rarely what is happening on the inside until. Until that uh, confluence of love, unconditional love and truth and acceptance, you know, meets someone where they are. Mm
3: -hmm.
7: Yes.
0: Where, where did you get the, cause I, I know where, where I developed it, but for you not feeling safe enough to share what you were going through in that fear of rejection, where, where did that come from?
7: I would say, having done some deep looking at that, I would say that is generations old. Hmm. I remember one of the best things my mom ever did for me was when I was in high school, she told me, you have alcoholism on both sides of your family. So watch yourself with it. And it was powerful for me because in those moments where my drinking got out of hand, I re- I could hear her voice, and it was that yeah. voice that that drew me into exploring like wait, this is not the life for me. And the reason I I specifically pinpoint to the alcoholism is because addiction is rooted in shame. Addiction mm. cannot survive without shame. And so Shame is something that is not only a part of our cultural programming on a deep level. I mean, marketing is is really targets um, and plays to the shame within people around who they be and, mm. and what's wrong with you, right? And I can see it having been passed down from generations to generation to generation in the family. And... It's simply because nobody knew any better. It wasn't out of malicious intent. It wasn't um, to be mean or to be hurtful. It's just that somewhere along the way, shame was used as a tool to keep us safe Hmm. and to to make it so that we wouldn't be rejected or we wouldn't be abandoned or, or neglected. And at some point there comes a time when these things are no longer effective and then they become maladaptive. They become really toxic and unhealthy. If we don't pay attention to them, if we're not aware of of our inner workings and and we don't have that wake up like I had where I stood in the mirror and it was literally like I looked at my reflection and I think it was 2012 and I looked at myself and I was like, who is this person? Hmm. Staring back at me. I have no idea. This is not me. This can't be all there is in life. And that's what got me exploring around like, wait, you know, this is not okay. And I, I think it just is a result of being in the world at the time that I was in the world and really not having the tools.
0: From Velvet Soul assault freedom this is a fun episode if you don't have you cannot give
3: Mm.
0: you just cannot give what you don't have and so we cannot give love if we don't have love if we don't love ourselves if we don't receive love we just cannot give it and so you're right it i think intellectually people understand the golden rules like yeah that's that's the better mode to operate life is better the whole premise of this podcast is like what it, it's it combats what i call relational relativism if i treat you different than i treat myself if i have more power over you then you are a servant to my will it doesn't even matter what you try to do or think and so that's how tyrants and abusers and and all these people operate when we do unto others as we have them do unto ourselves, that is the only mode that keeps people from getting hurt. If, and I think that's probably I haven't really thought about that as clearly as we are right now, is if we are doing really well unto ourselves. But if we're abusing ourselves, then we're going to be abusive to others.
8: Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. And like we were talking about earlier, you know, if love is a verb, then loving yourself is not posting a quote card on Instagram. Mm. It's not wearing a (laughs) t-shirt. It is (laughs) shifting the conversation in your mind and shifting the identity and the behavior that you live out such that you do become love for yourself. And that's, Mm. you know, why I was saying earlier, I don't feel like that's ever handled. I mean, we live in a broken world. where we constantly be giving messages that we're not good enough because it's financially makes sense for the world to tell us that we're not good enough and we need right. to buy xyz to in order to be good enough. So we're we're in that container of, you know, you don't you're not it yet, keep trying. <laughs> mm. So it is going to be a practice of mm. loving yourself and returning to um to God, to the Father, to yeah. God's vision of us, you know, like we are divinely minted. We were intelligent, intelligently designed, mm. you know, and, you know, I love free will. And at the same time, I wonder. So, so much of how we think and what we believe. I mean, it's only possible to interpret every piece of information through the filter that we've developed since we were born that's been informed by everything we've taught, been taught and experienced. And so free will, I, I would love to think that I have 100% free will and I know how influenced my free will is hmm. on the information that I know. It's, it's, it's influenced by what I know that I know. Yeah. And what I know that I don't know, but it is not yet influenced by what I don't know that I don't know. And I'm on the constant <laughs> quest of adding to that, you know? So free, right. will, free will free is equivalent to the level of self growth and spiritual growth that we have experienced up until now. And so
4: hmm.
8: while while we get to love ourselves, we also get in to be in the constant practice of growing and learning. That's right.
0: Next up is the powerful Ali Sakeen, who talks about what it takes to stay in your power. There are certain people that I I just admire. I I have to work on self-love, and I'm still in this process and, and journey. Yet there are some people I've been in their presence where they can walk into a room, they just own that room. <laughs> you know, they, they show up and... They own it. It's not an ego. Um, it's not an ego showing up. It's really just them fully knowing themselves and the value that they are, and that is so powerful. What are ways that we can achieve that and to to be in that state?
4: I think it's one really taking responsibility for yourself, taking ownership and seeking your worthiness from the inside, not others. So basically, you fill your own cup first. So giving to yourself, realizing that anything is possible, and accepting yourself for who you are. Like, I'm Lucas. I'm incredible. I run a podcast. I run this company. I'm an amazing father. I'm an amazing husband. All of the things that you are, accepting yourself for who you are, and even for the things you don't love, knowing that they're quirky and funny and they're unique to you, there's never gonna be another Lucas Mack in this world. And accepting yourself and forgiving yourself for all the things you think, oh, I could have done this different and this relationship didn't work out and I could have gotten to my vision faster, just forgiving yourself for all of those things and then having compassion, right, for loving yourself Mm -hmm. and not criticizing yourself, but walking in, and you know, how many people do we know that are critical, right, of themselves? But being right. in gratitude for what you have and you change the self-talk, and when you do that and you talk to yourself like all the things you're grateful for, you're blessed for, or looking in the mirror and thanking your body parts for working for you. When you're in gratitude, and then you get to walk in a room being grateful for everything you are and owning it, right? So mm. even if you walk in a room and you're not 100% comfortable, you get to say, Hey, everyone. Great to see you. I'm a little bit nervous right now. How many of you get nervous when you walk in a room and, you know, relate to people and take responsibility. I'm nervous. And this is how I walk into a room. And like a Marianne Williamson quote, my favorite quote, which is that you might inspire one person just by being vulnerable by just by saying, I don't feel that I'm hundred percent in my power right now, or I feel nervous standing in front of you, or I just lost my train of thought. You're actually becoming human and becoming Mm. vulnerable. And you might inspire one, if not many, people to say, wow, that's me too.
0: So many powerful guests I've had on. And rounding out this episode of the highlights of 2018 is Danette May, who shares about a heartbreaking loss and how she rose to the top. How did you go from small town farm to now, world traveler, international speaker, um, and really one of the most inspiring um, women, I think, on the digital scene right now.
9: Wow, thank you for that. Um, you know, I honestly attribute it to my fall, I attribute it to my lowest moments, um, my pain. My layering, and I truly believe, and this is kind of the message that I really share in my book, The Rise, because there would not be my rise, there would not be your rise without the fall. And you've gotta have the pain and the fall to truly rise up into your fullest expression, to your fullest potential. So I attribute my lowest moments to the woman I am today and to what I get to do every single day. So I've had what I call my refiner's fires. I've had multiple of them and I think everyone at least gets one. We get to have one Mm, (laughs) and some of us get to have many and they're the chance where we get molded and it's like that beautiful time where you're like molding glass, right? You heat up the flame and you go through the fire Mm. so that you can mold into who you're meant to be. And for me, I had several of them, and the first one, which I share really more in depth in my book, is about losing my son, and just how that all came about, where that took me. I went down a pretty dark road because I felt like I could have saved him, and I didn't listen to myself. I'd gotten really good at shutting down my own intuition, really good at shutting down my own voice to survive, and and not even really to survive. It just became really big conditioning for me. and so. I had to unravel that. I had to to layer the loss of my son and really that I maybe played a hand in that. And and then my second and third rock bottom was going through this horrific divorce. I don't know if there's very many of them that are good, but mine felt really horrific to me. Um, I'm a very like deep, once I love someone, I love someone. So it felt really horrific to me. And then just And being a single mom and having all of our financials financials stripped from us um, was my third. And I'm so thankful for all three. I'm really thankful for all three because they really um, molded me and really helped me on layer to my truth and really helped me really see my strength. And it's like the sifting. There was a lot of sifting happening and things shedding so that I could be in my fullest expression.
0: Thank you so much for joining the Golden Rule Revolution. You are a revolutionary if you listen to this podcast. However, you're not a revolutionary of violence or disruption to the system. What you are is a revolutionary of love, love for yourself, love for your fellow man. That is the power that we all possess. When we go out and love people with intention and purpose and treat people like people. That's what the world needs. It may not be what the world thinks it needs, but it is what the world needs. So as we continue into 2019, may we continue to be the brightest light in someone's day, to love people and treat people like people, for this is what the world is craving. I'm Lucas Mack, and I'll talk to you on the next episode.